This episode of Proper English is brought to you by Forms of Address and the idiom Out of the Blue. Hello, I'm Dave. And I'm Alison. And we'd like to welcome you to the 15th episode of our podcast, which is called Proper, Proper English. English. If you're learning English and you want to know the correct word to use in a particular situation. If you get stuck thinking of the right preposition. If you are puzzled by definite and indefinite articles. Then proper English is just the thing for you. We often chat with our students about the way people address each other in different cultures. It comes up when students want to call us teacher. And we say, or I say, call me Dave. Or call me Alison. It's not disrespectful in our culture. If you happen to be speaking to a doctor or a professor in a formal situation, you'd probably be expected to refer to them as doctor or professor rather than Mr and Mrs. After all, they've worked very hard to become a doctor or a professor, so the very least you can do is address them properly. Mm -hmm. Many people in the Far East will call an older person auntie or uncle as a sign of respect, won't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here in Portugal, if you want to be polite to a woman, maybe somebody you don't know very well or you've just met, you might refer to her as Dona and then use her first name. So, so Donna Anna or Donna Emma, for example. Yeah, yeah. And when addressing someone or referring to them, uh, you'd use the definite article, uh, ou João. Uh, and uh, a Maria. Which means the Joao and the Maria. Well, yeah, which is a bit strange, isn't it? It is for us, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not used to that. No, we're not. In the UK, the way we address people has become less formal over time. My parents' friends were known as auntie and uncle to us. Oh, yeah, I had some like that as well, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And now we're adults, they prefer us to call them by their first names. Uh, and when we were little school teachers and adults we didn't know well would be Mr or Mrs, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember coming home from a drama club, though, and telling my parents that the adults that ran it were called Sandra and Glyn, and they were a bit shocked that we were on first-name terms. Well, I guess things are a bit more relaxed now. Mm. Children rarely call adults other than teachers Mr or Mrs., I don't think, anyway. Mm -hmm. And they don't often call adults auntie and uncle unless they really are related to them. In the workplace, mm -hmm. in my first job in WH Smith's, which is a big stationer's shop in Sheffield, mm -hmm. I had to call all my superiors Mr or Mrs or Miss. But since then, as far as I can remember, I've been on first name terms with all my colleagues. Wow, that does feel really formal, Mr, Mrs and Miss, for your colleagues. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mr Thomas. <laughs> oh, he was a scary manager in. So what about grandparents? Well, British grandparents can have a variety of names, can't they, Dave? Well, yeah, they can. And it varies from family to family. I call both of my grandmothers grandma. I never met my paternal grandfather, but I called my mum's dad granddad. What about you? Well, my dad's parents are called Nanny and Grandad, and my mum's parents are called Granny and Grandpa. Oh. When we moved up to Sheffield, I discovered another name kids have for a grandmother. Oh, yes. In Sheffield, Nanan is often used for a grandmother. <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard of that until then. <laughs> so, all four of my grandparents had a different form of address for us, so there was never any confusion. 
How did you distinguish between grandma and grandma? Surnames. Oh. We added in the surnames when we were talking about them. So I had Grandma Whitehead and Grandma Curly. Mm, okay, so like my friend Vicky, she referred to each set of grandparents by where they lived. So she had Wheatley Gran and Appledore Gran. Oh, I think right. Appledore Gran sounds really sweet. <laughs> yeah, cool. Talking of grandmothers, when my gran was in hospital, the staff called her Muriel, but she was quite put out by this. I wanted to be called Mrs Yo. Um, and then a few years ago, when my mum went into hospital, they asked her how she wanted to be addressed. But it took her ages to decide. In the end, she settled on Jan, but I think she really wanted the formality of Mrs Davis. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you're in a situation where you need to greet a stranger or attract their attention, and obviously, because they're a stranger, you don't know the name, mm -hmm. we've got a number of ways that we can do this. For instance, if you work in a service industry, like you work behind a bar or you work as a waiter or as a shop assistant, then you'd often call a man sir and a woman madam, or maybe miss if she was younger. These are formal, but they're still quite widely used. If you're on the street and you need to get a stranger's attention, maybe they've dropped something. You might just call, excuse me, or oi, <laughs> and I might. Yeah, I, I would probably use mate for a man or love if it was a woman. Ah, and we've had plenty of discussions about this, haven't we? Uh, I really don't like being called love. I find it patronising, but it is widely used in the UK. I think uh, the way it's used, the tone of voice and the attitude of the speaker make a big difference to me. Well, yeah, and of course, as you know, in Sheffield, men don't just call women love. They call each other love as well. Mm -hmm. All right, love, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. All right, I'm not bad, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to tell the listeners about the time you got into trouble for calling someone mate? Oh, well, I used to work in a pub in London uh, and uh, one of their beers ran out behind the bar and it was just as I was serving this chap uh, and I said to him, sorry, mate, this one's run out. I'll just go and change it. Perfectly acceptable, isn't it? Well, you would think so, except it was the managing director and he had words with my manager about it. Oh. My name was Mud, not Mate, <laughs> so I can tell you. The form of address for you was Mud rather than Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? This week's idiom can be found in the Adele song from 2011, Someone Like You. I hate to turn up out of the blue, uninvited, but I... Yeah, we love to sing in our house. <laughs> we yeah, do. we do. So, out of the blue. Also, we can say out of a clear blue sky or like a bolt from the blue. It means something sudden and unexpected. So, for example, if I got a letter from a friend that I hadn't heard from in oof, 30 years, I might say, Dave... I've had a letter from Ulrika. Blimey, that's a bit out of the blue, mm. I might reply. So the bolt part could mean a couple of things, couldn't it? Yes, I mean, possibly ammunition from a crossbow. These arrow-shaped objects are called bolts, but uh, more likely a thunderbolt, I think, as this would definitely not be expected from a clear blue sky. And where's it first mentioned? Well, mm -hmm. historian Thomas Carlyle used bolt out of the blue in his 1837 book, The French Revolution. There are 
plenty of 18th century references, mainly from newspapers, but it seems that it may have first been used in Latin by a poet called Quintus Horatius Flaccus. Better known as Horace, although still unbeknown to us. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of him. I'm sure he was a lovely guy. Mm. An extract from Ode 34 by Horace translates as, For lo, the sire of heaven on high, by whose fierce bolts the clouds are riven, today through an unclouded sky. And of course, the unclouded sky would be a blue sky, so the Uh, bolts came out of the blue sky. Yeah, exactly. Bolt from the blue, Uh out of the blue. So here's a challenge for you then. Out of the Blue is included in lots of song titles and in lyrics, like in Adele's song. Why not listen to some and tell us your favourite? A couple of suggestions from bands we like are Ash and Roxy Music. Yeah, Ash were uh, a band from the 1990s uh, from Northern Ireland, and Roxy Music uh, have been around forever, I think, uh, since the early 70s. Pretty much. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. We hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. Please tell everyone you know about us. Your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And don't forget to like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on Podbean or Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Or you can email us at Proper English. All one word at sapo.pt if you have any suggestions for future podcasts or if you just fancy a chat. And of course, you can join us on Instagram or Facebook where you can ask us any questions you might have about English grammar. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. English. This week's idiom can be found in the Adele song from 2011. This week's idiom can be found in the Adele song from 2011. Oh my God, I can't say it. 2011. This week's idiom can be found in the Adele song from 2011. I can't say it. What is going on? Don't say it. (laughs) This week's idiom can be found in the Adele song from 2011.